Our devotional today will be on Psalm chapter 74, verses 1 to 23. Good morning and welcome to our God's Word for today devotional. Psalm 74, verses 1 to 23. Oh God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, which you have redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. Remember Mount Zion, where you have dwelt. Direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. Your foes have roared in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their own sign for signs. They were like those who swing axes in a forest of trees, and all its carved wood they broke down with hatchets and hammers. They set your sanctuary on fire. They profaned the dwelling place of your name, bringing it down to the ground. They said to themselves, we will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. We do not see our signs. There is no longer any prophet, and there is none among us who knows how long. How long, O God, is the foe to scoff? Is the enemy to revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand, your right hand? Take it from fold or your garment and destroy them. Yet God, my king, is from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the sea monsters on the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food to the creatures of the wilderness. You split open springs and brooks. You dried up ever-flowing streams. Yours is the day, yours also the night. You have established the heavenly lights and the sun. You have fixed all the boundaries of the earth. You have made summer and winter. Remember this, O Lord, how the enemy scoffs and foolish people revise your name. Do not deliver the soul of your dove to the wild beast. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Have regard for the covenant, for the dark places of the land are full of the habitations of violence. Let not the downtrodden turn back in shame. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Arise, O God, defend your cause. Remember how the foolish scoff at you all the day. Do not forget the clamor of your foes, the uproar of those who rise against you, which goes up continually. May God bless us upon the reading of his word this morning. And in this masculine, or the word masculine means enlightenment, meaning it's a teaching psalm. It is a psalm that will teach. Asap is recollecting the ruining or the destruction of Jerusalem here and the damage of the sanctuary or the temple. God's people were captured and exiled into foreign lands. And this story we can see in 2 Kings chapter 25, verse 8 to 12. And now with the center of the religious life is gone, is totally gone. The people felt that they were cut off from God. And worse than that, they were in captivity, and the bitter years in that captivity lead them to doubt God's faithfulness. That's why the psalmist Asaph expressed this in this psalm, Oh God, why do you cast us off forever? So he asked, Has God forgotten his covenant with Israel? Definitely not. God won't forget and won't abandon his covenant. The people invited him to go and inspected or inspect and the ruins of the city and the temple. Perhaps 
it will rouse him to remember his covenant and bring him back to their homeland. So there is this statement from Asaph in verse 1 to 3, Oh God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation. Does God forget? Of course, he doesn't forget. It's just that they expressed that they will trust that God will remember them and the covenant that he made with his people, which that they were purchased by God in the past, that they belong to God. And they were redeemed to be the tribe of God's heritage. Mount Zion, where he promised to dwell. So there is this, this expression of Asaph here towards God, that Lord, may you remember your covenant towards us. We are your people. You redeem us. We belong to you. In verse 3, he said, direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. Isn't it that sometimes we pray like this, Lord, may you remember what you've done to our church, my family, to this person. Asaph describes the, the enemy's onslaught. He described that they completely flattened, destroyed, and defiled the temple. In fact, Heathen symbols were set up in the holy place, and there is no more trace about the holy temple. The beautiful woodwork were broken, smashed, and burnt, and they cannot find anymore a messenger of God to be found anywhere in the land. We said that in verse 4 to verse 9. Your foes have roared in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their own signs for signs. They were like those who swing axes in a forest of trees. Like a person clearing the forest, they were just cutting everything in their path. And all its carved wood, they broke down with hatches and hammers. They set your sanctuary on fire. They burned the temple. They profaned the dwelling place of your name, bring it down to the ground. And they were proudly chanting, we will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. And Asaph said, there's no science anymore for us. There's no longer any prophet. There's none among us who knows how long. And in such a horrible sight, Asaph invoked God to break his inaction in order to act and save them. In verse 10 to 11, How long, O God, is the photoscuff? Is the enemy to revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand, your right hand? Take it from the fold of your garment and destroy them. He was just urging God to act because he was so jealous that God should, should um, take revenge against their enemies who desecrate the temple, who destroy the temple. Certainly, God is not lacking in power. God has demonstrated his work for them in the past, and that was the basis of Asap here to pray and to ask God. He is the creator and has the power to direct the world of nature in such a way as to save Israel. In verse 12 to 17, this is what Asaph believed. Yet God from my king is from of old. Looking back of what God did in the past, he continued to say here in verse 12, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the sea monsters on the waters. 
you know, the first statement in verse 13, this has allusion to what God did when he split the waters of the Red Sea. You cross the heads of Leviathan, you give him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. It means that no matter how big and huge a creature is, God is greater still to control like the Leviathan, the monster of the waters. These big animals, God can control. You split open springs and brooks. You dried up ever-flowing streams. God is the one who controls nature. Yours is the day. Yours also is the night. You have established the heavenly lights and the sun. You have fixed all the boundaries of the earth. You have made summer and winter. So Aesop was just recollecting and remembering the creative acts of God in creating the world out of nothing. And that because he's the creator, he controls also of everything in this world. So basing on what he believed on God, that God is the creator and the sovereign God, what did he expect for God to do? Will he not therefore break the silence and dishonor those who dishonor him? Will he not save his weak people? As he prayed here, don't, don't let them be as free, as helpless as dove before wild beasts, according to uh, what he said in verse 18. So in verse 18 to verse 20, this is what we read. Remember this, O Lord, how the enemy scoffs and a foolish people reviles your name. Do not deliver the soul of your dove to the wild beast. So Aesop was a was uh, seeing a metaphor here, a picture that they were just helpless dove and the enemies were wild beasts. They were helpless. And he was asking, Lord, do not deliver us to them. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. And isn't it that God or the Lord Jesus Christ said that blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Let us always take note that God is always, always our, our strength and we are poor. We are desperate, like a helpless dove, just like Aesop referring to his weakness and to their weakness before the enemies. Have regard for the covenant in verse 20. For the dark places, the land are full of the habitation of violence. Lord, go back to what you have promised and may you fulfill it. And as a note, it's not Israel, ultimately, that the enemy has reviled. You know, when they desecrated the temple, destroyed the temple, and exiled the people, it was not the nation that they had hurt. It was God himself. It was an assault to God himself. Against the oppressors, Asa believed that he can defend his cause and rescue his people. In verse 22 and 23, as he ended, or A and the Disam. Arise, O God, defend your cause. Remember how the foolish scoff at you at you all the day. Do not forget the clamor of your foes. The uproar of those who rise against you which goes up continually. At the end of the day, Asap questioning God at the beginning, Why do, do you will do you cast us off forever? But he said here, Arise, O God, defend your cause. God will rise up and 
will wipe away his enemies. God does not need our help to defend him. Does he? Does he need you and me to defend him? We can trust that God is able. You see, understanding that God is always in control, we can rest in God. So I hope that as we look this, this psalm today, as we see the, the heart and the expressions and of concern of Asaph, reflecting this to our time, I hope that this, this is relevant to us today in a sense that the same God that Asaph aired all his complaints and, and his prayers and expresses trust is the same God that you are worshiping, worshiping today. I hope that we will believe that God is always in control. I know it's not easy because we are sometimes overwhelmed with our feelings and emotions. But that does not change the fact that God is always in control. He is a covenant-keeping God. When he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, we have to believe that it's true. Not because we feel it at that moment or our moment today, but because that's what he said, and we can trust him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that today we are again... Um, confronted with the realities, Lord, that you allow this exile of the nation of Israel, you allow that the temple was destroyed. Um, yet, it does not mean that you abandoned the people, your people completely. It was a result of the rebellion against you, Lord, and your love will not pamper because of their sin, but you will discipline them. But someday, you will fulfill your covenant to your people. And to us also, Lord, help us to understand that this you, you are our God who keeps us. And you'll never leave us nor forsake us. There will be times like what uh, Asaph has observed, that it seems that everything is messy around us. But the fact remains that you are always faithful to us. So I pray that this will encourage our hearts throughout the day and will strengthen us, Lord, despite of the many challenges that we face today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.